you need to make sure that they are set up for success by being on a well-planned, well-implemented show in general, right? And that'll also help you land interesting subject matter guests. They'll want to be on a show that's entertaining, that's informative, that other people in the industry are talking about. You're listening to Content Logistics, a podcast for B2B marketers looking to build a content engine that drives revenue. In each episode, Camille Trent interviews the marketers behind the best content marketing flywheels and uncovers the tactical aspects of content production from first draft to first customer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Content Logistics. I'm your host, Camille Trent. And this episode's brought to you by Tristan and Justin over at Motion. So Motion's a podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers, kind of like myself, probably a lot like you. So if you want to launch a podcast and you want to do it right, that means solid production quality. It also means promotion, distribution. That should be built into the plan. They'll help you with all of that. They'll even help you with the with strategy, the artwork, everything. So if you're ready to start a podcast, up-level your current podcast, send them a DM. Today, I'm trying another solo episode, partly out of necessity and partly because I had an idea. So after, I think it's 33 episodes so far, I've realized I've learned a lot of little tips here and there about podcasting. Still not great at it, I'll admit, but I thought I'd record an episode or two just to share my thoughts on like little simple ways to improve your podcasting skills, in case this helps anyone else. Here we go. All right, so a few months back, a friend asked me a question that I've heard versions of in, in the past of basically, what if your guest is boring? How do you save an episode if your guest is boring? This person is the host of the number one sales podcast in the world. So I was mostly just flattered that he was asking me any questions at all about podcasting. But it's it's not just him. It's come up a, a bunch of times. And I figured if he's interested in this answer, you may be interested in this answer as well. So here's my thoughts. My first feeling is that there are no boring people. They're just boring questions, right? So as a host, it's your job. It's your podcast, right? Whether you're making making money off ads or you're doing it for marketing reasons to increase your exposure, it's your job. You're the one benefiting most from the podcast. So it's your job to get the best out of your guests. So here are some ways that I found to do that. Number one is you need a strong framework for the show, right? You need a a concept for one behind the show, right? And it's not enough for it to just be your niche, right? It can't just be like, we're going to be the number one tech marketing show, right? There's a million tech marketing shows now even. So it's not enough to just have the niche. You also need to package it in a way that's interesting, right? So Tommy uh, was on a recent podcast episode. I think it's actually just the last one. So if you want to check out um, Tommy's episode of Content Logistics, he actually goes through how he thought about packaging his show, The Cutting Room, to make it digestible, right? And so for me, the kind of the premise of this show was basically I'm going to cover a different content strategy, a different content topic, and I'm going to go deep enough or try and go deep enough for it to feel like a masterclass, right? I want by the end of the episode for you to really understand the tactic and how you could implement it, right? So a very like, actionable, informative, like type show versus, you know, maybe like a more entertaining show. Hopefully this is still entertaining for some of you nerds out there. But but yeah, but it's really meant to just be like a download of information. 
And I also try and hone the scope so that we're really only covering one thing. So even if my guest has knowledge across different, you know, social tactics, like content tactics, like maybe they know social, maybe they know some SEO, yeah, maybe they know some email marketing. We're not going to cover all that in an episode. We're just going to go deep on one thing, like something as specific as, as templates, right? As a good example of like where I want to, to draw the line in terms of scope. So that was kind of my framework, I guess, for this show. And you want to have a, a framework of what you want each, each episode to look like and why it's going to be compelling. And the compelling thing for me was, you know, content, B2B content that drives revenue, right? That's what I wanted to learn about and get better at. And I figured other, other uh, content folks would as well. Number two. So strong premise for each episode. So first you're going to think big. You're going to think about the show. You're going to think about the framework for the show and how you can, how that's going to com- be compelling and. I think thinking about it as a press release, right? If you're going to send out a press release, which today is really just like a social, a social promotion, right? Of, hey, I'm, I'm launching this type of a show. And if it creates some buzz around it. So, you know, when we were at Dooley, and this is all credit to, to Mark, but this idea of fire talks was basically like, okay, let's take the concept of hot ones, apply it to, to B2B sales, right? Like that's an interesting concept for a show, but then digging deeper each episode itself like has to has to be interesting has to have a a premise and so for me it was finding content experts who had a specific content niche right so i mentioned templates already so hiba i've been following for a while and she had nailed this templates concept right so i wanted to talk to her specifically about how she did that and then there's another friend of mine josh like He's really good at middle funnel SEO content. Like that's very specific. It's not even just like what's on SEO strategy that you can implement at a tech company. It's like, how do you win with that middle funnel content? Why do you start there? And we went deep into that, right? So it's figuring out what are the best in content? What are the best content folks? What have they figured out, right? Like where have they like niche down? And what are the types of like content plays that they could do basically while they're asleep? So those are the type of people that I want to talk to so that I can go as deep as possible into each topic. So for me, that also means research. And so it's a matter of like feeling comfortable enough with guests. A lot of times I'll reach out to the guests. Sometimes, sometimes they'll pitch me, but I want to understand what their point of view is and make sure, you know, they're knowledgeable enough about that content to go deeper into it. And the, yeah, the point of view is really important, I think, for the entertainment side too, right? So it's like, I want you to have conviction with behind, like, why this strategy? Because then you can better explain who it's for and when to use it, right? They probably tried the strategy for, for other companies that don't fit the same mold and it doesn't work as well, right? So I want to like qualify at the beginning of the episode, who is this for? Who's going to see success with this type of a topic or this type of a tactic? All right, number three. Yeah, it's, it's what I said before. It's, it's your podcast, right? So your, your guest is likely not getting paid to be on the podcast. So you shouldn't rely on them to carry the show, right? Obviously you want to, you want to invite people who are subject matter experts, ideally entertaining as well, but you should kind of act as the director and editor. And I'll kind of get to more what that means in a second, but your guest is the star. Your guest is the subject matter expert, right? So when I think about 
a news show that brings on a witness or a, a subject matter expert to, to talk through what's happening in the economy or or what happened with a specific crime or something that someone sucks. They're the star. They're the ones that have the information that the viewers want. That's kind of a, how I delineate. And obviously you can't edit on the show, but there are some kind of tips that you can use to kind of help direct the show. So as my, as my husband often points out, great script writing matters more than acting. He may not give actors enough credit now that I think about it, but amazing actors like can't save a poor script is usually what he means by that. The, a great example of this, if you, if you don't believe me, is go watch Serenity. Go Google the movie Serenity with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey and tell me that that is, is a great movie. It's a good example of there's talent there. There's a talented cast and the script is just garbage, right? And so the uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work when you do it that way. And so what you can do is, again, going back to the framework of the show, if you set that up in a way where you can kind of ensure that there's going to be good flow, leave some wiggle room where you can go off-roading and go on on tangents and things, but make sure that you have some framework with how the show is going to flow, what's it going to look like. So here, let me give you this podcast as, as an example. So I've kind of mapped out the story framework for this show because the goal is is a masterclass, right? A masterclass in a B2B content topic that I want to focus on one topic. I want to make sure that that's tight. Otherwise, it'll go on for, for two hours. I'll get off topic. Like I need it to be really tight in part just so that I don't go off the rails. But then I break it into basically who, what, when, where, why, who cares? Because I want to go deep into one topic, I just want to make sure. That's my checklist for making sure that I cover everything. And then logistics is kind of like that last thing of, okay, what's the the nitty gritty? How do we implement this topic? And I'll go through some kind of like specific logistics. That's the name, content logistics. But you address who cares first. <laughs> like, like that's, at the beginning, I often start with a, a problem statement, right? Of here's like the problem as I see it. Is this how you see it? You know, what are the stakes here, basically? Like, why should I care about this content topic? So I'll kind of start with that problem setup. And that's really establishing the who cares. And then that's often followed up by a combination of the why, when, and who. And to me, that kind of qualifies the show for people, right? I don't want, I don't want you to waste your time. And so if this isn't a good tactic for you, given like where the, the startup is that you're working at, if it's in a stage where it can't benefit from a tactic like this, then I'll help you just cross it off the list by saying like, this is who this, this is for. And this is when to use it, right? Going back to like something like stage, right? If you have X, Y, and Z already in place, you can really up-level your growth with this type of content. And then, yeah, the why is basically covered by, by the who cares. We'll go through kind of like the problems that uh, are standing in the way and why a certain content strategy can help overcome those. This is number two. Another tip is rephrase your question. So oftentimes I've seen hosts sometimes think, okay, like this, this guest isn't great because they're not giving me good answers, right? They're giving me yes or no answers maybe. But that could be that you haven't phrased the question right, right? Like they're, 
if you phrase the question where they can give you a yes or no answer, then that's a problem. And so I don't always recommend to rephrase it right away because that can kind of hurt the the flow of the show and maybe they can start to second guess themselves or think that they're doing something wrong when that's not really the case. But sometimes just note it and then come back to it, right? Like, okay, we didn't cover everything that I wanted to to cover here. And then it'll just make a mental note or maybe a physical note of, hey, I need to rephrase this question for later to make sure that we've covered it satisfactorily. All right, so rephrase the question, tip number two, but then recap the answers. This is something I didn't realize I was doing or I didn't realize that it was useful (laughs) until one of my producers brought it up. So Justin, I think, yeah, Justin brought it up and was like, hey, I like how you recap the answers. Like you'll recap the answers of of your guests. And it's a lot of it's for me, like it's for selfish reasons of I'll make sure that I'm listening and that I'm engaged the whole time by trying to establish some critical listening of, okay, they brought up this point, they brought up this point. I'll try and like keep track of everything because oftentimes, you know, the answer might be like 10 minutes long, right? And so I want to make sure that one, that I understand their answer and I'm able to, to break it up in a way that's easy to implement. And also it's beneficial to your listener of, okay, how do I synthesize like what was just said in a way that I can, you know, checklist it for my own, my own content purposes. So recapping the guest answers to one, make sure that, that you understand it and make, make sure that your guest had the, the space and the time to answer in the way that they wanted to convey what they wanted to convey. And it also just sparks more. It sparks more. So like, uh, it'll, it'll expand whatever the question was and help it go in different directions. And then it simplifies for guests and it just, it proves that you're listening, right? So just like a, a normal conversation that's not being recorded, you want to prove that, that you're engaged. So it helps you be engaged throughout the list, throughout the episode. It helps the guests know that you're, know that you're actually listening and then they're going to be more engaged. So it's a win-win there. And then it's, it's a win for, for the audience as well. Another way to think about this, that when I told my friend this tip, they're like, oh, duh, like that's mirroring, right? Like that's, that's sales 101. It's just mirroring, you know, what somebody said back to you, but maybe in a simpler form, you might take, you know, the last few words and say it back to them with a question mark. So that's a classic sales technique, you know, classic um, interviewer technique, journalism sort of technique. And so that's a good one to use. Number four is kind of a way to do two and three in a way. You're just going to leave silence. You're going to leave some silence like before the answers and after the answers in a good way. And this is actually something that my, that my friend taught me. A good way is to put yourself on mute, right? Because then you're forced to, to kind of skip a beat, right? Because you're going to have to turn that back on. You're going to have to unmute yourself at some point. And that you know, forces basically like a second of silence. And the reason to do that is because they might have more to say, right? Naturally, as humans, like we want to fill the void. We want to like fill the silence. We're uncomfortable with silence. And so sometimes if you just leave a, a beat or two in between them finishing their answer and you, you talking, then one, you can make sure that they're actually done. Because there's so many times, you probably caught it in the show. There's so many times when I just like, I get excited and I start to talk about the next thing or I want to, you know, make sure I understand and start recapping. 
but they're not done, right? And so, and so then there's a little bit of a, uh, there's a little bit of like awkward overlap then. And so I found that when I put myself on mute, when I am actively trying to leave some space, leave some silence, like after, after they finished a question, that it makes for, it makes for better flow and it makes sure that they have enough time to answer the, the way that they wanted to. All right, I'm going to try and drink my own Kool-Aid here a little bit and, and recap this whole episode for you. I know it's already short. It's like a 15-minute episode, but here you go. So to make sure that you're getting the best out of your guests, you want to start with a strong framework for your show, right? Like you, you need to make sure that they are set up for success by being on a well-planned, well-implemented show in general, right? And that'll also help you land interesting subject matter guests, right? Um, they'll want to be on a show that's entertaining, that's informative, that other people in the industry are talking about. So just nail the premise of the show. Number two is have a strong premise for each episode, right? So it's not enough to say to just have a hypey show, right? To have some sort of like gimmick with the show. You don't need a gimmick, right? Like it could still be a boring interview show that works for some of the most popular podcasters in the world, right? But you do need to have a framework for each episode too. So that means having, for me, it means having a tight topic, right? The, and scope that we're going to look at so that when somebody sees the title of the episode, they're like, okay, this is for me, right? This is like the exact thing that I was having problems with. And timeliness is a big part of this, right? So if, you know, everyone in content wants to know how to leverage AI to, you know, work 75% as hard, let's say, or, you know, get way more done in a day, right? Then maybe that's something they want to talk about because it's, it's fresh, it's timely, right? So thinking about what's everyone else in this space talking about right now and how can I talk about it in a way that's not stale, right? In a way that's that's fresh. So that's another way to think about it. But it's also just you making sure that you kind of like map out the flow of the interview. And it's not going to go according to flow most of the times, but it helps you feel prepared and it helps you get back on track. If you go down a rabbit hole, you know, you can go back to your outline. All right. Number three is, again, it's your show. And so you need to act as the, the director and the editor. I didn't talk about editing too much but some of the tips later on that talk to editing talk to this idea of what i think about as as live editing is things like putting yourself on mute like taking a beat but before you start talking to try and avoid some like interruptions you know throughout the show trying to avoid some awkwardness so you can just slow down you know like take take some extra breaths and that can help with editing you can also rephrase the question so make sure that you can get the the answers that you need because you can always cut but you can't add right like you can't at least uh, if you have a guest you can't add on to their segment right and so so it's up to you to again get the best out of guests by asking them the right questions and then recapping their answers right so if you are engaged if you're actually listening to to their answers and you're trying to understand and put it in a context that other people would understand, then that kind of like helps you 
edit and like keep the flow of the show. So one example of this might be an analogy, right? Someone's maybe talking about something in a in a more complex way than the average listener might understand. Then you might have a visual in mind as they're talking, right? A lot of us think visually. And so you might actually have an analogy and it might be beneficial for you to say, hey, is it kind of like this? You talk about the analogy and they're like, they're like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good, good example. Or they'll be like, eh, it's kind of that, but it's actually more this. And then they'll give an even better analogy, right? And so that'll help, that'll help the listeners and it helps it again, just be more entertaining. So yeah, you're the, you know, think of yourself as the director, the, the live editor, and then, but your guest is the star. And then, yeah, tips to kind of keep your podcast on track. Kind of already recapped this, but it's mapping out the story. That means an outline. That means having a goal for each episode, having a clear topic, having some sort of framework. So again, for me, who, what, when, where, why, who cares, logistics. And then I talked about this already, but rephrasing questions, if you don't get the, the right answers, if you don't get complete answers, I should say, recapping the answers once you do get them. and leaving silence, right? This is, this is the hardest one, honestly. I'm still bad at this. But just knowing when to shut up during a show and putting yourself on mute can help with that. Although I will say you need to like have your finger right on the, the trackpad, like ready to unmute yourself so you don't have a you're on mute moment. All right. I'm sure a lot of you have other tips and I would love to hear them. So if you found these helpful or you want to ask a follow-up, question or you have another tip that you want to contribute, I'll probably do a follow-up episode to, to this where I include some of those tips and I include some clarity for anyone who has follow-up questions about this episode. So feel free to DM me on LinkedIn. I may include any tips that that you give that I might have forgotten about or I might just not know about. I'll include those in a future episode and I'll also try and answer some other questions live on that one. So let me know if you've appreciate this episode if you want more solo episodes if you're like i hate the solo episodes get back to uh interviewing people that's fine too all right i'm gonna try and catch the last quarter of this warriors kings game and probably the warriors are gonna ruin my day by winning so that that's what my what my son is gonna look like so catch y'all later Thanks for listening to Content Logistics. This episode is produced by Motion, a done-for-you B2B podcasting agency for busy marketers. If you liked what you heard, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.